0: All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, June fifteenth of twenty twenty three. Here looks like we have a seven game MLB main slate today, and the U.S. Open is underway, teed off earlier this morning. So it should be a fun weekend here uh, of the U.S. Open. A lot of golf coming at you. So good luck to all of you in your week long. and your showdown contest for those of you who are new here welcome my name is andrew i'm one of the coaches over here at sabersim a show where we go over how to use the sabersim app answer any and all dfs related questions questions can come in uh via support you can reach us at support at sabersim.com questions come in live in the youtube chat questions also come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below. To get joined up, highly recommend it. As always, get access to all of our similar channels. Uh, see when lineups come out, see when sims run for those lineup changes. Uh, get access to all the individual sport channels where we are discussing DFS strategy each and every day. Get access to the rest of the Saber Sim team beyond myself here. So a lot of great reasons to be in the discord here uh apologies for no show yesterday had to cancel some things came up but we are right back at it today here so with that being said gonna get the app pulled up here uh we don't have any questions for today i do have a couple questions that came in yesterday uh that were golf related so jordan was kind enough to record some answers and send those directly to the users who had questions. So shout out to Jordan. Uh, but with ha- with no questions today, I thought it'd be nice to kind of catch up on those and give some of my thoughts. And so, so everybody could hear them uh, for any, you know, future PGA strategy uh, tournaments uh, that, that they're going to be playing. Right. So I'm going to answer a couple of questions related to golf, but if anybody has any questions now is always a great time to get those in here. So while I get the question in, I am just going to, Generate some lineups and we can start talking about this here. So it looks like the first question that came in via support yesterday. Question was: what is the max exposure you recommend for one golfer in a 20 max uh entry golf contest here? So it's a good question to get us started today. Gonna let this build finish up here, and then we will jump right in to talking about this. So Looks like lineups are finalizing now. Um, so so one, one big distinction that I like to talk about a lot with golf versus other six-man lineup formats here is that usually these golf contests have a very big pool, right? We are talking uh, 150-ish golfers usually on any day here. Uh, it's way different than NASCAR, which has 40 drivers. It is way different than MMA, which might have 11 fights, so 22 fighters, right? Uh, So, so this contest inherently plays a lot different than some of these other six man formats here. So that's something that you really need to pay attention to because it's, it's obviously very important, right? Uh, Brings duplication risk way, way down here. Uh, So, so you could treat this a little different, right? And one big thing that I do talk about when it comes to your um, lineups is your SIM diversity, right? So we could see at this 20 max, 10 to 50 K settings, our sim diversity by default is on eight here. So what the builder is telling you is like, hey, you did not need these single slate optimals to take down this contest. We can instead bucket simulations of the golf tournament and then give you uh, those outputs. So we are not looking at sim optimals here. So that's one big distinction here. And then with sim diversity being at eight instead of 10, I am much more open to using min uniques to adjust my exposures. So that was the, the root of the question was, you know, max exposure for one golfer here uh the way i like to handle that is by using mini neeks and allowing the builder to organically adjust my exposures here right so our top four exposures are 100 70 50 50 to shambo uh rose mcelroy and fowler here so if i increase this to we'll say about three here and let's see if i can get to four uh, i can get to four so i can get to four mini neeks cannot get to five, right? So let's just look at what 4MNNX does. At 4MNNX, our exposures of 100%, 70%, 50-50. Our top exposure is DeChambeau at 50. So he went from 100% to 50% uh, exposure here, right? So so that alone shows you the effect that this is having. And then Rose went from either 70 or 50% to 45 Fowler down to 35, McElroy down to 30%, right? So, what, what's going to happen is that you're putting a lot of pressure on the builder to diversify your lineups. And the builder basically has to figure out okay, who do I need to prioritize? Who is the most important golfers to me? And, and from what I can see, that, you know, Deshambeau uh, continued to be that guy, but we got a lot more diverse with bringing Sibu Kim up, with bringing Xander Schoffel up with bringing uh, Adam Scott, you know, a lot of guys in this 25% range. So I think that Mini Nix is a great way to organically adjust your exposures. But uh, if there's anybody further that you're just uncomfortable with too much exposure to, you know, setting a max exposure to a handful of players is fine. I just think that this approach, getting you closer to where you want to be with, with the click of a button here, rather than setting max exposure to, to numerous players here, is a better option and then making any fine tune adjustments from there but um you know as far as you know what's the right number there really isn't a right number i like to use pull exposure to to kind of guide me here And also it depends on your risk tolerance, right? Some people only playing 20 lineups uh, wanna be super aggressive, right? Wanna have a lot of shares of a certain player that they may think is gonna take down the tournament. So this question really goes hand in hand with your risk tolerance, with the angle that you're trying to play for the slate. Uh, So take it slate by slate. You know, it's not gonna be the same answer every single time and uh, be open to using some of these tools to help you along the way here. But really good question to get us started. And then a uh, second question here that also came in via support. Another golf question. Question says, uh, if there's 11 golfers I really like tomorrow for the U.S. Open, what's the best way to build lineups that incorporate them while maximizing Sabre score I've seen videos where projection is ticked up a few notches where min exposure is set for those players and where lineup rules are used. In short, I don't want to sacrifice upside generated in simulations by forth- forcing those 11 guys thoughts on best practice. Uh, so this is a really good question. I don't know if you sent this in, uh, you know, you, you kind of hit it on the head here, right? Uh, one of the ways is to adjust min exposures. One way is to, Uh, adjust projection one way is to adjust lineup rules here i'm going to kind of talk about all of these options here and tell you you know what i think of each of them and how aggressive they are and uh things that you need to be cautious about or things you need to think about as you do these things here right so in in my opinion probably the most aggressive thing Mm -hmm would be to just set min exposures in the home screen it's like hey no matter what i want a certain amount of exposure to all of these players here and the reason that i think min exposures is one of the most aggressive uh versions of this here is because you are basically telling the builder like hey i don't really care what happens in the simulations Uh, just make sure I get these players in my lineups, right? So what can happen is that, you know, we simulate the golf tournament, we build your lineup based on how the golfers performed in in that sim of the tournament, or if it's uh, a lower sim diversity in a number of tournaments that we simulate here, right? And then... Let's say that you know we are building your lineups. Uh, we are you know halfway through the pool, and we are not getting that much exposure to some of the guys that you listed. The builder is going to start forcing those guys into your lineup, even if they are not part of the best construction that could have been built because you've set that min exposure right. So you're kind of uh, you're kind of uh, I, I don't want to say tampering, but but you are you know affecting the outputs that the sim that the Saber Sim Simulator wanted to give you, right? So I think that way is very aggressive here. Uh, another way that I kind of like more than that, which is uh, still aggressive, but not as aggressive, is putting these players in a in a group and then saying, use at least X, right? So if you had 11 guys that you liked, you know, maybe it's like Brooks, Rory, uh, you go down here and get some exposure to some lower salary guys, DeChambeau, Rose, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera here, right? Fowler, you you get your 11 guys. If you come in here and you say, hey, use at least, you know, two of these guys in every lineup, this is going to give the builder a little bit more flexibility. So it's going to take your 11 guys and then it's going to know, hey, I need to use so many of them, but I have a lot of options and I only need to use two per lineup, right? So I think that this way is a little less aggressive still on the aggressive side but this gives the builder a little more uh leniency a little more wiggle room and can can probably find more sims where these guys are optimal and then put them in those lineups based on that right so i think that this is another option for you here uh so that's two options uh i would say you know even even uh if you wanted to be a little less aggressive right if you wanted to listen to the builder a little more here not really force anything What I would suggest is running a build and going and looking at the exposures of the players in question here and, and making some notes on a piece of paper. So, so what I like to do is I like to use this pool exposure column and I would, you know, go and look at your 11 players, see how we are grading them on a leverage basis, right? So do we like these players? You know, I'm going to look at all 500 lineups here that way the leverages, uh, are, are based on their exposure across the entire pool and see how these players grade out, right? So maybe you like some of these players up at the top here, like we talked about, DeShambeau, Rose, uh, they all grade out really well on a leverage basis. We like them, great. But if we inversely sort, maybe you like somebody like John Rom, right? But we have negative leverage on him in our pool of 500 lineups here. If I'm somebody who is not set in stone on playing these guys in all of my lineups, I might rethink my John Rom exposure, right? I might say, "Hey, you know, maybe I need to remove him from this group of players that I am trying to get positive leverage on the field for." So I think that, you know, running a build, getting some feedback from SaberSim about the guys in question here is a good place to start. And and from there, you know, you could decide, "Hey, maybe I I want to remove Rom from this group. Maybe you're set on Rom and you know you want some shares of him." But this negative leverage leads you to say, okay, maybe I don't need positive leverage on him, but at the end of the day, I don't want Rom to beat me. So maybe I'm just going to match uh, match exposure on him, right? So he's about 30, 12 13% owned here. That's his uh, our ownership projection for him. So maybe you say, hey, I want something very close to this. So if you're playing 20 lineups, maybe you get 15% exposure here and uh you have like a very small positive leverage on him but you're not playing too many shares of him right so you let sabersim tell you hey maybe i need to be be a little lenient with him here right or so so that's one way get some feedback from sabersim reevaluate these decisions uh maybe match exposure on guys that Sim does not like as much but maybe that you still want to play right so i think that's a little less aggressive there and then uh, i would say next option here would you kind of hit on is adjust exposure. So maybe you're saying, hey, you know, I'm not getting to as much ROM as I want here naturally. I know that I like him. So I'm going to come in here and I'm going to make an exposure adjustment to him, right? Uh, Only a couple points here. I know in the past we've talked about, you know, 10% adjustments here. Uh, I think that's way too high for golf specifically here. You know, 10% of 75 is 7.5 here. So to take ROM and boost him from 75 points to 82.51 makes him the highest projected golfer in your pool here, and it'll just probably shoot him up. You'll end up with so many shares of John Rom here. So, so I like you know just a couple point adjustment here uh, in a video. It, it was it was a pro video where uh, Jordan was interviewing Eric. Eric is you know on our models team. He has a direct hand in a lot of what you see uh, in the models here. And for showdown, he's, he, he plays a ton of golf showdown here. He was talking about, you know, 0.5 to one point adjustments in his showdown contest for golfers. Right. So that kind of, uh, made me rethink, you know, how much should I be adjusting these projections for these golfers? Right. So I think anything more than like two to three point projection is, is probably too much here. So I would stay anywhere from 0.5 to three points here, uh, probably not never going more than that here. Right. But, but for, for this, I'm going to go like, you know, 1.5, two point adjustment here. And I would do that for every golfer that we're getting negative leverage on to help the builder give you more shares of those golfers that, you know, you want to play here. Right. So I think some small projection adjustments can, can be good. Uh, Rerun the build and then see how many shares of these players you are getting in your pool is is another great way to do that here, right? So we've talked about min exposures. We talked about group rules. We've talked about getting feedback from SaberSim and uh, readjusting your thought processes. We've talked about adjusting projection here for the players that you're not getting that much of here. So th- there's, there's no wrong or right answer. It depends how aggressive you wanna be. Just understand that some versions of this have more of an effect on the builder than other versions of it here. And lastly, I did not talk about the adjust, the uh, projection adjustment, what effect that has on the builder. So if we pull up John Rahm's range of outcomes, right, uh, th- this is how he does across our Sims. You're going to see, you know, very low scores where he probably misses the cut. And we're saying he misses the cut about 10% of the time here. And then uh, you're going to see all these events where he probably makes the cut and then goes on to to win the tournament as this distribution uh continues over to the right here as for for higher fantasy points. Um, what what's gonna happen when you adjust his projection is that for every time he scores 20 points and you adjust it by two he now scores 22 and every time he scores 70 he now scores 72. so we put your projection adjustment on top of our range of outcomes. And basically use those two things in conjunction here. So you get access to Saber Sim's range of outcomes. You get to use your custom projections that you've input into the builder. And uh, you get to use the best of both worlds in that scenario, right? So I am a big fan of projection adjustments. They really work well, uh, probably better than like rules do in my opinion here. But those are two really good questions about golf. I really hope that helps people with their golf strategy going forward here and with that being said we're going to jump over to the youtube chat we have a question here from fv but this is our last question at the moment if anybody has any more questions now is a great time to get them in i i you know it's it's that time of year where there's basically only mlb uh daily here right we get golf every one, uh, once a week here so if if questions slow down that is okay but we will stay here as long as questions continue to roll in so a question from fv in a 20 max entry contest in mlb do you think it is best to focus on a few core players to build around pitchers or teams, or try to get a more diverse build with a bunch of different teams here? Okay, really good question, and I would say that you know this really depends on the type of player you are, right? The way that I can answer this question for you that you might feel comfortable with, uh, another user could hear that and be like, you know what, no, like that strategy is not for me right so you have to understand you know what are your goals how are you trying to approach uh this sport this slate right and and kind of go from there so a lot of a lot of things come into play here I would say that you know if you are somebody who is new to MLB DFS I would go with the more diverse approach. I would try and spread out my exposures, get access to a lot of different teams. Let's say that you are not that player, right? You're somebody who's very fluent in MLB DFS, understand a lot of the strategies, uh, long-term winning player here. Maybe you are somebody who wants to take a riskier approach, uh, have a lot higher exposure to some teams here. I think that the way that you could achieve either of those goals here is with mini right if you're new to mlb dfs i would say you know max max this mini out here and uh use this as your baseline right get get to the most mini you can make any further adjustments if you run into issues with uh not having enough available lineups drop this mini as you continue to make those changes to uh allow those things to work right if you're somebody who, you know, has has a winning process, has been a winning player, maybe you set this mini uniques at default to something lower where you're not going so far down in your pool and then make those fine tune adjustments from there, uh, trying to, you know, play some of the best plays here up at the top, but you know, your, your exposures are going to be a little more concentrated. So you are, you know, willingly taking on some more concentrated exposure here, right? Uh, both met, both methods have their pros and cons. So there's there's not a wrong or right way to play. It really just depends on your risk tolerance here. One thing that I've told users in the past is that if you get to the end of your MLB DFS process here, where you are ready to submit these entries into your contest and you feel uneasy, you uh, have like a little pit in your stomach about, you know, maybe I just have way too many shares of Otani. I think the worst thing that you can do is submit a set of entries that you do not feel good about. Right. I think that, you know, we talk about process over results here. Um, if, if you go into a slate and it doesn't go your way and you're, you're really upset, right. A couple things, one, maybe you have, you were too, uh, risky in your approach. Maybe you played too much bankroll, right? These are some things that you should consider, uh, why, why you're having this, you know, adverse reaction to the slate. I think that, you know, a lot of times maybe a guy gets hurt and you're like, you know what, it's okay. Onto the next slate. Uh, I think that, you know, if, if, if you're at that point, you're probably playing their appropriate amount of bankroll. Your, your lineups that you're entering are probably the right amount of risk for the type of player that you are. Right. So, so all of those things come into play, Um, guys get hurt. Weird stuff happens in DFS all the time. That is why it is such a great thing. That is a daily fantasy sport, right? Regardless of what happens today, tomorrow's a new slate. There's always more contests tomorrow, right? So don't ever overextend yourself on one individual slate and make sure that you are going to be able to come into tomorrow fresh Uh, not feeling any of the effects from yesterday's slate, and then make uh, good, sound decisions along the way here, right? So no wrong wrong or right way to play in that regard. Figure out the type of player you are, ask yourself questions, uh, understand, you know, how the way a slate plays out affects you, and then uh, adjust your process from there. But that is is honestly the best advice I can give you as to figuring out, you know, what you should be doing on a night-to-night basis all right uh looks like we are all caught up with questions in support and the youtube chat here Uh, i'm gonna wait for some more questions to roll in here so if anybody has any questions now is a great time to get those in uh looks like fv is here said thank you very much yeah man just trying to give you guys some some good solid feedback that that i that i've heard that has helped me along the way so hopefully can help you guys in return here but uh in the meantime while we wait for more questions if you guys are not playing over on owner's box Highly recommend taking advantage of it. The contests continue to overlay. Contests will be, you know, full overlay, rake-free, reduced rake. The best thing that you can do is uh, find the softest contest to play, and the contests on owner's box are going to be softer than anything that you're going to find on DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yaku. A lot of the best players are not playing over on owner's box, so that's an opportunity for you to take advantage of those contests here, Uh, SaberSim was the first major optimizer to support owner's box contests. So I think there's a lot of people hand building over there. So just taking advantage of the SaberSim simulations and optimizer puts you at an advantage over a large amount of the field there. Uh, When you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, when you sign up, you get a $500 deposit bonus and we will track your entry fees for you. You can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing over on owner's box. So each time you hit one of these entry fee thresholds, we will reach out to you, ask you if you want to cash in on your free month. If you say yes, we will reset your tracking to zero. And then you can start to accumulate entry fees. Once again, there is no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn. If you're looking for this sign up page, this there is a link to this page in the description of this video here. But it looks like we have another question from Nancy Drew guy in the office hours channel. So gonna get Saverson pulled back up and going to answer this question all right question says if you're playing 150 lineups or less and in the post build and you filtered through the lineups using the plus or minus button how do you save those lineups every time i try to upload those lineups it uh i didn't filter okay so this is a really good question so question basically is like hey uh, you know i'm playing 150 lineups and i am basically hand picking some lineups from the pool that i want to be part of my 150 set how do i how do i get those lineups into my set and into my contest so really good question so let's say that you know i want to play an atlanta stack and i want to i want to play a certain number of lineups that are atlanta and minnesota together right i have um you know let's see let's use a different example maybe where there's some less lineups in my Set, okay, so I have three lineups that are Atlanta and Texas together. Maybe I really like this combination and I want to play as many of these lineups as I can. So in the lineups tab, after I filter for these two, it'll tell me how many lineups are in my set of 150. So I have three. And then it'll also tell me how many lineups total of this combination are in my pool. So I have 10 lineups in my pool. So that means I have seven lineups that are in my pool, but are not in my set of 150. Maybe I want to make all of these lineups in my set of 150, right? So the way I would do that, I would scroll down under the pool tab. I'm going to see these lineups that are grayed out. So that means that they are not part of my set. If I use this lock icon, it will activate this lineup and it will make sure that these lineups are always a part of my set that I am playing here. So I'm going to, I'm going to lock all of these lineups here. And then at this point, what's going to happen is the builder is going to prioritize these lineups. is going to make sure that those lineups stay a part of your set here. So then I'm going to get rid of my filter. My number of lineups went up to 157 because I added those seven lineups. But even if I revert this back to 150, uh, those lineups are still going to be a part of my set. And the way I can prove this is that let's say that even I wanted to play less lineups. Maybe I want to play 20. So now even in my 20 lineups here, if I scroll down, Those seven lineups are going to be a part of my 20 because the builder is prioritizing those. So green lock one, green lock two, three, four, five, six, seven. So the seven lineups that I locked, regardless of whether I'm playing 150 lineups, regardless of whether I'm playing 20 lineups, those are now a part of my set here. Right. And even if I wanted to go one step further and go down to seven lineups, it's going to prioritize those seven lineups so the lock icon will make sure that these lineups are always included in in however many lineups that you are playing here so that is the best way to kind of have a hand in the dirt approach pick those lineups out of your pool and make sure they are a part of your set looks like kurt said i didn't know about that combo of filters i like that great info Again, yeah, man, happy to help you guys out. Happy to continue to uh, surprise some people, right? But that's a great thing about tuning into the show. I can teach you guys new things every day. So glad, uh, Nancy Drew guy, thank you for the question. You know, you helped out a user like Kurt. That's why we always talk about hey, if you got a question on your mind, you know, get it in the chat. Probably going to help out more than yourself here, right? So uh, great, great question there. But looks like we are all cut up on questions at the moment here. I know I've already given a last call, so might just call it there. Uh, for those of you guys building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel, let it sit there until tomorrow. Gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with at the beginning of this show here. And for our uh, YouTube specific folks, you know, we have these streams scheduled ahead of time. So you could go on our YouTube channel. You could see the upcoming show for tomorrow. You could actually drop a question in the YouTube chat and it'll uh, stay there until the show starts. That's another way to get a question in early here. So a couple different options for you guys. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Until tomorrow, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all then. Thanks. Bye.